The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you needed. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. Good morning and thanks for joining us at the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm Josh Zamzo, your host today, and Chris Owings, our, our boy wonder, like a uh, plant expert, is also joining me. And uh, we have an interesting pre-recorded show today that we uh, that we did after helping a customer last week on Friday. Uh, we had a customer that, that met us in the store with a problem on his plant and you and I kind of were, were helping him figure out what might be going wrong with this plant and the idea hit me that this same scenario that uh, happens to people all over the valley in all different areas of the landscape and they're trying to decide when is this a problem that needs to be addressed and when is it uh, something I can let be or, or not worry about and, and I kind of thought we would work through it maybe starting off with lawns and and talk about uh, when somebody looks out and sees a spot in their lawn if they had our level of experience helping people uh, what kinds of things would they be looking for in, in issues in their lawn that that we could uh, that we could diagnose and so my the thing I always want to open with is we never water a brown spot sure. uh, People, people are always worried that if it's brown in their lawn, that there's a water problem. But, but let's let's dig in. In your experience, if someone has a water problem in their lawn, what kind of things do they see? What does it look like? Sure. Yeah. So if it's underwatered, you might see kind of a silvery blue mm-hmm. hue to your lawn. If it's overwatered, it might be more of a lime green or even a yellow. And the grass is probably dying and the weeds are taking over. Right. If it's overwatered. And it's squishy. You can tell it's yeah, definitely yeah. squishy. Squishy and the mosquitoes are down there breeding. And <laughs> Right. You know, the the other thing I think w- with underwatering, and you this is in the short run you're saying, you get that, that silvery blue color where the grass looks wilted and it clearly mm-hmm. is dry. When you go out there, it clearly is dry on the surface and, and everything makes sense. It would be after a warm day when we haven't had a lot of rain or whatever. But in the long term, so after a month of no water, those things do start to yellow. At the beginning, they don't yellow. Right. Uh, so sudden brown spots are definitely not water. But over time, they, they usually look like geometric patterns. I mean, if, if you've got one sprinkler head that's plugged, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's a half circle, it usually starts to be, right? Like yeah, a half exactly. circle. And that's actually pretty common. 
Yeah, you see that, and you can te- you can definitely tell. Or if you run your sprinklers, the the overlap, uh, if if the if there's a plug somewhere in the system or the pressure is not very good, you start seeing areas that that kind of seem to follow a pattern uh, of water. What about right along a sidewalk? Yeah, that's a bug's favorite spot. Okay, yeah, so if it's following the heat, like a chinch bug would be very happy right there. Okay, so so if we're looking at the lawn and we're seeing brown spots from the edge of the yard, then we start thinking about maybe it's bugs. Uh, you know, could, that's typically where they start, right? Mm-hmm. And right. so what what's the most common thing is people see that brown spot near the edge of the lawn. They turn the water up, and they and they wait a couple of weeks to see what happens. Right. Well, what I what I think is really fascinating. Uh, that that I don't know that a people notice is if it's a water issue and if you turn the water up let's just say that you don't listen to us and you just water the brown spot two or three days you're seeing fresh new grass come back if it really was water if it really was dry you're gonna see that grass immediately rebound mm-hmm. um, and it will come on fast like it just takes three or four days before you start seeing okay yeah it was water but it almost is never is because yeah. <laughs> watering chinch true. bug or bill bug doesn't work right correct so so let's take chinch bug in the lawn what they they see a brown spot coming in near the edge and 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 what is it looking like what is it all is it every single blade in the grass dead or what is it looking like maybe where it started but right when you get into that transitional where the brown meets the green you'll probably see a kind of a freckled look to it it'll okay. just be because they feed like a mosquito so okay. they, they tap in and, and give it essentially a mosquito bite so it'll just look freckled up right the on the actual blade yeah on the blade itself so yeah. so you'd literally look right where the the transition is and you'd pull a blade up and you might see you know where it's stuck that little proboscis in there and literally caused damage right okay and And tiny you gotta imagine this bug is half the the width of a blade of grass right these are tiny tiny bite marks and and so uh we'll talk about this over and over again but uh what i suggest to people is if you see this beginning and you get down on your hands and knees where the good meets the bad and it, it doesn't appear to be that it's bone dry or, or, or it's not a geometric pattern, something like that, then they're gonna take a sample and bring it into us. Let us help you diagnose that, that chinch bug problem. Mm-hmm. So how do they take a sample? Bigger the better. There's nothing more frustrating than a Ziploc baggie full of grass that they took out of their bag you're out of the lawnmower bag, but right. they can bring in a, a one foot square, 12 inches by 12 inches by two inches deep, half green, half brown. That's, okay. that's the best way to bring in With a sample. With the root system intact. Root system intact and that transitional period and right then down the middle. I've, we see people bring them in in cat litter boxes. They bring them in in the old soda trays. They bring them in plastic bags, Absolutely. shoe boxes, you <laughs> all bet. kinds of stuff. Because if you bring that, that piece, and, and if you dig it in the morning uh, and bring it into us, we can help you diagnose the issue. They can put it right back, right? Absolutely. Yep. And, the fre- fresh is best. Okay. I've had a lot of people dig it in the morning, then they go to work with it sitting in the car all day, and the car hits 140 degrees. And so by the time I get it, it's super dry. And if there were bugs, they're cooked out of there. Now, right. So, yep. Now, for years, uh, people would take an old coffee can 
and they would cut the bottom off of the coffee can, mm -hmm. a metal coffee can, and they would press that down uh, in the area right right at the edge there where the good meets the bad, press it down a couple inches and then fill it up with water. And the chinch bugs will literally float to the surface. The, the only problem is there's no metal no metal coffee cans anymore, right? <laughs> I mean, you can't do it with a plastic one. It won't go in the ground. And and, uh, and a little tiny, uh, like a soup can, is not big enough to, to do it. And so really, uh, if you if you think you might have chinch bug damage, if you're seeing those little pox right at the edge and, and it's coming in and the hot part of the yard is where you're noticing it, you're going to bring us a sample. Mm -hmm. Okay? All right, so when when we take a sample... Uh, I've watched you do this many, many times. You're flipping it upside down uh, on a tray, like uh, uh, at at the store when they bring them in, and you're scrubbing that the the surface of the grass with your fingers, right? Absolutely. What are you looking for? A variety of things. First, what falls out? Sometimes right? it's spiders, uh, chinch bug. I'll usually fall right out of there. Um, yeah, those are probably the main things. Right, and you see them scurrying around, and then, then we know what they've got. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so, so you know, chinch bug is one of those ones that's relatively common, and uh, uh, as it starts to warm up, we start seeing that damage. We don't typically, even though uh, at the through the, the middle part of spring, there are chinch bugs out, Mm -hmm. But but they don't cause a lot of damage. How come? Right. I mean, your grass is growing so quick, it just the damage won't show. It just right. repairs itself faster than they can damage it. So what makes it show up when it gets hotter? Do they do they their populations expand, or or is the grass not as healthy, or what? The grass is stressed. I'd say we grow cool season grasses around here. So in the heat of the summer, they want to go dormant and just kind of mellow out a little bit, and it makes it an easy target for the bugs. Right. So it's really the grass outgrows them. Mm -hmm. until it gets hot right and that's when the bugs i mean the bugs might have been there for a while but they they really hit uh at that particular time so let's talk about about uh treatments for chinch bug like while we're on that what, what do people do for chinch bug nice uh, me personally feed feed the lawn yep. yeah absolutely get some thrive down there repair the damages that they're done and and that might be enough honestly. okay other than that, we have chinch bug control. Right. Yep. It's, it's in Which the is name. a pesticide. Pesticide, mm -hmm. yeah. Put that, it's a dry. Put it down just like a, a fertilizer and water it in. Right. And But not all not all lawn pesticides kill chinch bug, do they? Correct. So yeah. you got to get the right one. Exactly. All right. This particular one has a systemic in it, imidacloprid, which will you know systemically right. go through the root and infect the blade. Well, you're listening to a pre-recorded Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm joined by Chris Owings, and, and uh, we'll be right back after this break. You're listening to News Talk KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and now through Monday, all 13 Zamzos are having a full flat sale. What's a full flat sale, you ask? Well, just buy six or more plants of any type, up to one gallon in size, and put them in a plant tray. Then you get 10% off everything in the tray. You see, at Zamzo's, we want you to mix and match and get the size, type, and variety of plants you want in annuals, perennials, and vegetables. And right now, we have a huge selection with new plants arriving every day. And it's an easy sale to understand. Just put at least six or more plants, one gallon or smaller, into a tray and get 10% off all the plants you buy. 
And if you're a current member of the Zamzos Lawn Program, now through Monday you get 20% off your plants. But Zamzos Full Flat Sale is for five days only and ends 7 p.m. Monday, May 22nd, so don't miss it. Shop our full flat sale and save 10% off all annuals, perennials, and veggies now through Monday at all 13 Zamzos. News talk doesn't have to be boring. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. It's Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm Joss Zamzo, joined by Chris Owings, and we're talking about how you can try to figure out if something's going wrong in your yard or lawn, how to tell if it's a, if it's a real thing that needs to be addressed or, or if it might be something that you could let go or, or, or fix yourself. And uh, we finished talking about chinch bugs in the last segment and, and what that kind of looks like. But there are some other bugs that, that will eat your lawn that are, that are somewhat common around here. So what's the next one that jumps out at you? Let's say the next big one is bill bugs. Okay. Yeah. Bluegrass billbug. That's right. All right. And we have a couple of species, I hear. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we're up to even four. Four, four different species, kinds. Yeah. So what does that mean for the average person? Is that... Well, it kind of means that they'll attack at any time of the year. So right. Some that prefer the cooler weather, some that thrive in the heat. So You've got uh, a broader window that you could potentially be seeing them. Exactly. Okay. So so we, we, we noticed with... Uh, chinch bug that that right at the at the margins where the good grass meets the bad if you really got down and looked you could see those pock marks but but bill bugs eat a different way don't they mm-hmm. and the damage looks different so what does a patch of bill bug look like yeah yeah from a distance it'll look almost identical right okay. a brown patch it's another brown patch mm-hmm. in the yard you go to that brown patch and if you pull on it with no resistance at all those blades lift right out if, okay. if you hear any tearing or anything, that's that's not it. But so why does that why does that happen? Well, their their babies have one job, right? It's to eat, and they right. just chew all those roots off. So there's nothing left to support that grass. Right at ground level. Yeah, right at ground level. So so there's not that that uh, the spots on the leaves that we notice with chinch bugs. It literally you grab it, and it's like it's not even connected because it's not. Right. Yep. It's just lifting a toupee off. It's, yeah. <laughs> right. And it just comes right up, and that isn't the case. You know, when when grass is dry, because it hasn't been watered. It's still, or even with chinch bug, where they've they've uh, poked it, you grab it, it's still connected. Right. It's it's it doesn't just lift off, but with bill bug, it's it's yeah. pretty easy tell. It is very easy. Okay, so uh, we 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 know we've got now a lot of different species of bill bug and a broader range. Um, w- would we still take a sample if we think it could be bill bug? Oh, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, definitely. You want to get into that transitional period. You want to get below ground and start looking. You'll find them. They kind of look like a fat grain of rice. Right. An inch below the soil. But not in the dead area, right? Because that's all right. been eaten. Yeah, there's no more food left. Yeah, right. So they're moved on. So they're at the, you're, we're always looking at the margin and how deep. Are we, we're just, we're going way deep with them or are we just looking surface? No, I'd say average. They're going to be around an inch, an inch okay. deep. So they're they're just going to be in there, and you got a fat grain of rice uh, larva in there chewing away uh, that that uh, root right right where it touches that you know it's just below the crown, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So what are we doing for billbug if that's the case? If we if we say we've got billbug now, what are we doing? Billbug, unfortunately, if you have them, it it's a two parter. So you need one that's a topical that'll actually penetrate and kill, 
And then another one that I really recommend would be a systemic, be your three month protection against them returning. Okay, so yeah. you know that the I think this is this is a, a, a transition for people that have been lawn keepers for a long time. You know, used to be able to get a bag of diazinon or Dursban. Uh, those products have long been taken away, mm-hmm. but those basically annihilated everything. I mean, they killed chinch bug, they killed bill bug. I mean, they killed larvae and adults and they lasted a long time and, and all right. those things. But but now what you're saying is we have to pick a specific product that will go down in the soil to kill those grubs. Right. So the regular chinch bug control would work or doesn't work that well? It it would work. It would just take weeks and weeks. Okay. So you'd get you know, close to three weeks more of damage to your lawn. So that's really not a good solution. Right. I get that question periodically where people say, why wouldn't I just use chinch bug control for bill bug? And it's because of the mode of action. Right. Right. And technically, uh, the chinch bug control would kill bill bugs. It's just what a customer's looking to do. And three weeks from now, having them dead is not what they're looking for. Right. And that's a lot more damage. Right. So you're yeah. saying there's two steps. The first step is the is the fast kill one that soaks down, penetrates into the soil. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we use that one. And then what's the second one? And the second one is uh, called grub control. So yeah. it would be the imidacloroplane. The shield. Yeah. yeah the shield. Thank yeah. you. And, and, it, and it absorbs through the plant and then it keeps them dead for you know, so if they come back and try to eat it after a while, but that one is a little slower to get through the plant. So that one doesn't, it would control them long-term, but it doesn't kill them short-term. Right. Okay. Yes. So, so bill bug is a little different from chinch bug in that way. The damage is different and, and we can kind of tell the difference. So, so let's talk about this somewhat new problem that we're seeing, which is disease in the lawn. And this is my favorite topic because, um, this is self-inflicted, right? <laughs> this is. one, this one, you cause by watering too frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no two ways about it. It's it just absolutely is true. If you end up with the lawn disease, you probably caused it. And uh, and so let let's talk about what the disease looks like, and then we can talk about how we can fix our water. Nice. So so what's the most common lawn disease that you're seeing these days? Uh, Ascochyta leaf blight okay. is definitely the most common. And again, you'll be looking at a brown patch. Right. And if you get in that transitional period, the blades of grass will be folded right along the mid vein, so they're half as wide as they used to be, and the tip of it will be brown and the base will be green. Okay. So so you, it's pinched almost is what it looks like. It's pinched, like. yeah, totally. Just folded right in half. And so uh, do you recommend people just diagnose their own uh, Ascochyta life leaf blight, or, or or is this one that you definitely recommend they bring a sample? I would bring a sample. About the only, there's so many things that'll do that damage. Like if you leave a piece of cardboard out on your lawn, it'll look the same. the The main difference will be is right where the green meets the brown. You have a little purple collar. Yeah, and you kind of got to train your eye to see that. And that's how you. But that's how you know it's a disease. Right. So so lawn disease is one that when, if you and I had a customer bring in a sample, we'd be talking through a lot of things really before we even look at the sample. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they said, you know, I water once a week, deep and infrequent on Tuesdays, that's all I do, uh, uh, and they're they're fertilizing the lawn well, we're, 
we're thinking it's probably something else, regardless of what the sample says, huh? Right. You'd be asking if they had a kid's pool sitting out on the <laughs> right. lawn, uh, right? Yeah, something like that. You've had you've had people who had a a new window uh, that that caused a like almost like a magnifying glass effect where there was a, a rebounding light beam mm-hmm. that burnt. Right? Yeah, yeah. The customer had just pruned out a tree, and now that window was reflecting on the lawn, and that burned, and it looks identical. Yeah. yeah. So, so we to diagnose a disease, we have to know that they've been watering too much, and what we mean by too much that they're watering every day, they're watering every other day, uh, and sometimes we see extremes where people say, "I'm watering twice a day, three times a day." Uh, you know, they're doing shallow, infrequent water, and they're just basically keeping the soil surface wet all the time. Yeah. And the deep soil saturated. Right. And then that is the perfect environment for disease. So if you have that and then you see the, the symptoms, then you know you know that's exactly what you have. Right. I, I, I've done a few talks recently where I, I try to explain to people lawn disease. And I, I like to say that if you have if you walk around all summer long in rubber irrigating boots <laughs> with no socks. <laughs> <laughs> when you get athlete's foot or trench foot or whatever you end up getting, right? Uh, the reality is that fast acting tenactin, if you take the boots off each night and spray your feet down and then put the boots back on, it doesn't work, right? You can't stop athlete's foot if you don't stop doing the thing that caused the athlete's foot, right? Right. So we've got to dry that grass out. We've got to water deep and infrequently and not be doing that. Uh, how, how effective are disease controls on some of these lawn diseases? They'll put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. It, it might take away some of the symptoms for a few weeks, but it will come right back. People are really dissatisfied, generally speaking, if they don't fix that water. Mm-hmm. They just can't. And so water causes it. Fixing the water is the ultimate solution. There are some chemical solutions but but again you're you're terribly dissatisfied if you don't fix the rubber irrigating boots problem that you're creating exactly right yeah right so we're talking about problems in the lawn and and yard this is a pre-recorded show so you can always send your questions uh, to us on Facebook or at zamzos.com and we can we can address them in a future episode uh, we'll be right back after this break you're listening to news talk KBOI the Zamzos garden show will be back right here on news talk KBOI Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and now through the end of May is the ideal time to plant or reseed a new or existing lawn. And right now we're seeing a lot of customers with dead spots in their lawn that they want to fix. Well, if this sounds like you, come see us at Zamzo's. We carry our own special blends of grass seed, which were designed to do well in our area. In fact, our Zamzo's custom blend has three types of seed and does well in both cool and hot weather. We also have a special mix for shady and play areas and even a drought-tolerant blend that saves water. Remember, buying an annual grass seed that won't come back next year or one designed to work in another climate is not going to fix your problem. Plus, all Zamzo's grass seeds are available both by the bag or in bulk. So you save money by buying only what you need. So whether the dead spots in your lawn were caused by a lack of water, insects or disease, or the family dog, Zamzo's has the seed and everything else you need. So if you're planting grass seed, plant it now with help from us at Zamzo's. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI.
Thanks for joining us for our third segment of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm Joss Zamzo, joined with uh, Chris Owings, and we're talking about problems in the yard, things that are eating or causing damage in your yard. We talked through in the first segment, of the first couple of segments, lawns and all those issues. Uh, and I think to finish up that, that segment, we should help people understand how much water should they be putting on their lawn and how do they know how much water, you know, because we, we, we talked in the previous segment, too much water causes disease problems that are difficult to treat. Mm-hmm. And, and in that, you're going to have to fix the water anyway or those treatments aren't gonna work. So, so how, do we, how do we even begin to know how much water to put on our lawn? Right, and every customer that comes in asks how long. Yeah. How long should I have my sprinklers on for? And that's an impossible question to answer. We can't say it in, in minutes or time at all. So what we want, this time of year, we want about an inch of water to hit our yards. Right. And, and so all through the spring, clear, clear until, uh, early June, right? We're talking about about an inch of water. So everybody's asking, well, how much is that in minutes? Well, that's where this water audit kit mm-hmm. comes to play. And the, the, so what's what's involved with the water audit kit? So the water audit kit, it has it has three cups that are, you know, are dashed, they're measured, so mm-hmm. you can easily tell how much water hits. So you take those three cups, set them sporadically through one zone of your sprinkler mm-hmm. system, Kick it or turn your system on for about 15 minutes, right? And see how much water filled up in those cups, right? And, and they're and they're marked, they're graduated, so that you would know when you looked. Okay, in 15 minutes, I put in a quarter inch mm-hmm. or or whatever. The other thing that that I love about the water audit kit is if one of the cups is f- more full than the other ones, that tells you something, right? It does. And and if one is has almost no water in it, then we know we're not getting coverage, or or we got something else like that. It is one of those things when people talk about, um, you know, like watering. We, we we mentioned watering a brown spot. I'm okay watering a brown spot if you do a water audit, and you put a cup in that area, and you know there's no water hitting that particular area. Mm-hmm. Then then you can uh, you can make an adjustment. But the water audit kits are available at, at stores, and and you know it's the kind of thing that that you have forever. You use it twice a season uh, yeah. just to touch bases with with your system. But that will help you convert time into minutes. Yes, definitely. Right. I think it's also very important that you test it at the time your clock's set for. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if it's set for 3 in the morning, I recommend you out at 3 in the morning. Right, <laughs> right, which nobody does. But, but uh, you know, all of the people, especially in areas of pressurized irrigation, they've listened to us, mm-hmm. you know, tell them in, a, in an ideal world, you water early in the morning so that it has plenty of time to dry out. The reality is now there's so much pressure on municipal infrastructures with pressurized irrigation that, uh, that watering first thing in the morning is no longer the ideal scenario you really you you have to water when everyone else isn't watering right and yep. uh, and to that end you know if you're going to water at at 11:30 in the morning on Tuesday then you got to you got to come home early for lunch do a water audit 11:30 on Tuesday and just see how does it function exactly okay yes all right so we 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 can help anybody in the stores if you if you're interested in doing a water audit uh no no problem there we can help you uh but let's transition now to things that problems people might see 
in the garden, which was the whole premise of this show, what was uh, what kinds of th- so the the customer brought in the leaf sample on on a tomato, and you and I were talking it through, and and he was just wondering what's wrong with my tomato. So let's start there, since almost everybody in Idaho grows a garden has got tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of bugs eat tomatoes? Boy, not a ton. Not a ton. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much left alone and say the big one would be the tomato hornworm right and even that it's it's pretty rare it's it's not all that common but what what, what, and it's easily solved right so so tomato hornworm let's talk about if you saw that and you wouldn't see it early in the spring you're seeing it uh, later in the year it's not that they're not there it's just that they're pretty small and they don't eat a lot but uh, but let's just say it's the end of june and and you and somebody's tomato has a tomato hornworm on it. What does the damage look like? Boy, pretty much all that's left is the the vascular tissue, the veins of just the, the leaf. veins. Yep, and everything else is gone. They're just it's like a skeleton. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, how do you know where the where the hornworm is then? Right. I guess right where the skeleton meets the full leaf. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Go go to the that branch that's skeletonized. And just follow it down, at, uh, and you're going to see them in there working. They're mm-hmm. green, and they got a big horn on them. They do. And uh, and so, uh, the thing about tomato hornworms is you just pick them. You know, yeah. theoretically, you could come all the way to Zamzos and buy a pesticide, but but really, what you do is you pick them off and you throw them down on the ground hard, and you're done. And you're done. And you're done. It's no big deal. The birds Chickens will, love them. Yeah, the birds will f- flop down and grab them, but but you just just throw them down on the ground and and they're handled. You're you're never gonna have your tomato plant decimated with hornworms, at least in Idaho. Right. Yep. Okay. So so I had a few aphids on my. Uh, or, or some kind of a little aphid looking up uh, deal, but there were just a few. Uh, and, and so uh, in those one-off scenarios, what I always tell people is you see a bug like that that's, that's doing something, if they're not damaging the plant, if the plant isn't really reeling from the damage, you can just let it go. Yeah. Yeah, I never did anything with it. It was fine. Yeah, if you see them on just a few leaves, pick those leaves off. Right. Get rid yeah, of just them. Sni- just either pinch them off or or whatever, and dispose of it, and you don't have any issue at all. Right. But but there really aren't a lot of other things. You know, sometimes people are, oh, I've got a lot of earwigs, or I've got slugs or snails. They don't really eat tomatoes, do they? Right. No, it won't bother them. Right. What about peppers? Peppers again, yeah. In fact, in a lot of our insect repellents, the active ingredient is a, a capsicum, right? right a a right. pepper blend. So again, there's not a ton that bother those either. Right. So you don't. So if it's tomatoes or peppers, aside from tomato hornworm, we really don't have a lot of bug problems in Idaho. Right. Okay. So let's talk about things that that do occasionally. Uh, well, not occasionally, but but anything that's in the the family. Uh, of cucumbers, zucchini, squash, pumpkins, watermelon, what, that those types of things. Uh, what's the big bug that you see there? Yeah, that's the squash bug. Okay, and, and what do they look like? Boy, they're a beetle, definitely a hard-shelled, real pointy backside. Right. A lot of the time you'll see them joined at the backside, right, crawling around your plant. But <laughs> right. they, they do a lot of damage really quick, and they find your plants. Right. They, yeah. you, it's not... That they they will come over from neighbors' plants blocks away, right? And find your plants. So so, do you see them out like during the, the the sunny part of the day, cruising around on the surfaces of the leaves, or no? You'd have to to get into the center of the plant at that point. They they hate sunlight. They hate the heat. So they're always on the underside of the leaf or clear down at the 
you know surface of the the soil right and what day. kind of what does the damage look like again it just destroys the leaf and leaves the skeleton yeah it's all the mid vein and yeah. and you know it in a hurry real man really quickly you'll, you'll what find. about eggs do you notice eggs underneath the leaves or any of that you will their eggs are always they're kind of red kind of a coppery color and they're always being a perfect row on mm -hmm. the underside of the leaf right that i think that's one of those things that that always stands out for me is eggs are laid uh with a lot of care and and mm -hmm. you, you wouldn't think you know, not not a lot of things are are straight in nature but but it seems like eggs uh, have a tendency to be in pretty good rows, and I don't know why that is, but but uh, insects do it that way. Yeah, they do. Right. So uh, so what's the treatment for squash bug if we see that? I like a good dust, mm -hmm. an insecticidal dust. It's the most effective on them. Okay, yeah. so uh, my favorite mantra with dust is take any dust and get a good duster and it becomes 30% more effective. And Absolutely. when I say 30%, I'm just making that up. <laughs> but I can tell you that if you have a good duster, and what I mean is a piece of equipment that really fluffs the dust out and makes good even coverage, it's night and day. It really even, is. Even with diatomaceous earth, which I'm a huge fan of, if you use a duster, if you don't use a duster, I don't like it at all. I wouldn't even use it if I didn't have a duster. Right. So we have dusters at Zamzos and we can help you with that. But dust for squash bug is is the direction that we're going. Are we doing Z1? What are we doing? Yeah, Z1 dust. Z1 sure dust. What I would recommend. And a good duster. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we're talking bugs and disease and all those things in a pre-recorded Zamzos garden show. So if you have questions, reach out to us on Facebook or email us at zamzos.com. Uh, and we'll be back after this segment to talk about tree and shrub problems. So you're listening to Zamzos Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. The Zamzos Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and everywhere I go, I see empty planters waiting for their owners to replant them. Well, now is the time to do that, because all 13 Zamzos are stacked to the rafters with beautiful plants and flowers ready to add instant color to your home or patio. What's more, all the outdoor pots you need and the soil that goes in them are both on sale right now at Zamzos, because for a limited time, all outdoor pottery is buy one, get one free. And you can also save up to $21 on select Zamzos bag potting Soil, but not everyone likes to get their hands dirty. And if you're one of them, we have an easy solution. Just purchase any Zamzos hanging basket, remove the hanger, place it in a pot and you're done. Now you have instant color that you can enjoy all summer long. And no one has a bigger or better selection of plants, flowers, and hanging baskets than Zamzos. 13 stores to serve you, including our Chinden store, which is Idaho's largest indoor greenhouse. Nobody knows like Zamzos. Nate Shellman, live, weekday afternoons from 3 to 7 on News Talk KBOI. Thanks for joining us for our final segment of the Zamzo's Garden Show. We're talking about bugs and problems in the yard and lawn and all that stuff in a pre-recorded show. Uh, and, uh, and so if you have questions, please shoot them to us on Facebook or at zamzos.com. We can address them in a future, uh, uh, you know, a future uh, show. Uh, but in the meantime, we're, we're, we've, we've talked through some garden things that, that we've noticed, but I, but I want to make sure that we get to some trees and shrub issues uh, and, and some of the damage that people see and how do they know if this is a thing they need to worry about. So, so let's start closer to the ground with shrubs. Right. And, uh, and 
and and probably my favorite one uh, that we're going to start getting samples in like crazy uh, is the black vine weevil. Yes. And what does that damage look like? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they love lilacs. They love peonies. Right. If it's on those, that's probably it. But it looks like a, a half moon bite right out of the edge of the leaf. Yeah. They'll never bite out of the center. It's always out of the edge. And I think it's what's interesting is it almost looks like you've had some decor, decorative scissors. Yeah. That you've trimmed around the edge uh, all the way around. And it's and it's almost all the leaves. And uh, the thing that... that uh, Plants don't ever die of black vine weevil, right? Uh, but but the, it's unsightly, and it does it does cause damage that, that they don't they're not as rigorous uh, sure. when when they've got that damage. But but if in your peonies and and your uh, lilacs, if you notice that edge edge is trimmed, what's the treatment for black vine weevil in in those? Yeah, again, you could use that same dust we were using in for the billbugs, the Z1 dust okay. would work excellent. Or you could do a lot of the sprays, or even the tree and shrub systemic. Any right, of those would be. But those, those you don't, you never see black vine weevils cruising around. You don't. Uh, they're they're when they're out, we're not out. I think is the key. Exactly. I think we're in bed. Right. <laughs> so so and they're black and they're little, uh, and so you. Uh, you know, it's not the kind of thing that you're going to go out and see your lilacs with these little black critters all over them. Right. Uh, they're, they're, you got to treat them. You notice the damage. and, and But it's not usually lethal uh, like some of the other ones we're going to talk about p- potentially are. So so we know uh, just, just from experience that uh, when somebody says something's eating my peony, Right. Like, I mean, we just fast forward right over to the Z1 dust. We already know those things. Uh, But but when people don't know what, you know, intuitively, okay, well, this particular plant has this particular uh, deal and they wanted to bring us a sample. Mm-hmm. You know, what what does a sample for a tree or a shrub look like one that we can use? Yes, it'd be definitely something that's green. And somewhat healthy. That's that's just showing the freshest damage possible. Okay. I would say if it's a totally dead branch or dried up leaves, it's nearly impossible to tell. Right, that's right. So it really needs to be in process. Yes. Uh, for us to know. And then, uh, are they just taking a pair of pruners and snipping a little bit? And yeah, that would definitely work. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, the other thing I like with trees and shrubs is it's helpful. If people know when the plant was planted, yeah. uh, how is it being watered? Uh, when they know, started seeing the damage, right? When did they start seeing damage? And uh, what what you don't always think about, and this is also true of trees, is what's around. So so you've got a big tree that's showing damage. Sometimes the it may have been what the neighbor did. Sure. On their side of the fence, so it's helpful to know, you know, those types of things as well. And I like a photograph. You know, take a step back. Doesn't need to have grandma in there smiling, and <laughs> we don't need grandma in the picture. But we need we need the overall look. The more right? information, the better. Yeah. So, and that that really does help us uh, determine. So, a pruning, where you know, somewhat fresh damage, and and uh, with trees and shrubs, do you recommend just waiting uh, a long time before you figure it out, or or no, or... <laughs> no, especially in evergreen. Right. I tell people all the time, like Christmas trees, you can cut their whole life support off and they don't show damage for a month to six weeks. Right. <laughs> so when they start to show it, mm-hmm. you really, it's important that you come in. So in an evergreen, what does damage look like? 
a variety of things. So if they're getting overwatered, those needles will almost turn a burgundy, okay. a purpley color. And just imagine evergreens. They live in the, the, the forest, the woods. They go yeah. July and August without a drop of water. So it's very easy to overwater an evergreen. Um, they get needle cast is a pretty common one. Uh, so that the tip of the needle will start to brown out, and then there'll be a little purple collar again, kind of like when we talked about mm-hmm. the ascochyta leaf blight and turf, kind of similar to that. But but it isn't helpful for them to scoop up needles that have dropped to the ground. I and mean, we really no. need you got to get a pair of pruners and trim off a section where you see that damage coming on, and bring that into us right away for us to try to figure it out. Yes. All right. What kind of bugs uh, do you see in in evergreen trees, for example? Uh, a tip moth can be kind of common. So your evergreens grow by what's called a candle, right? They shoot yeah. the candles out in the spring, and this tip moth will get in there and kind of bore it out, so it'll never produce any needles. So that that one's common. And so you'll see just the tips die. Yeah, just the very tips. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's not getting any new growth. And the pine bark beetle is kind of common right and that'll look like somebody shot the trunk with a shotgun (laughs) it's just peppered with these little holes and what does the tree look like and the tree well random branches can start to die out um but yeah other than that it can look pretty healthy right and then uh with needle cast we just start seeing needles drop or what like what are those branches looking like right It, it usually starts at the tip the area gets the most sun and then it works its way to the center of the tree Okay, so uh, if I if I'm a, a customer and I start off the, the sentence like this, my ash tree. <laughs> what what instantly are you thinking of? Uh, instantly, emerald ash borer. Yes, or aphids. Okay, but generally borers. Right, yeah. and and so borers in ash trees is just one of those things. It's why I I. I try to stop everyone I know. I d- never would want anyone to plant an ash tree that I love mm-hmm. uh, just because it's just a problem, right? It's a it very a difficult problem. That's why we don't carry them at right. the store either. Right. We don't even sell them. Uh, yeah. They're often installed in big, big projects or whatever. But moral of the story is they get this ash borer. And what does the damage look like with ash borer? So it will start, well, it depends if they're attacking a branch. Then you'll mm-hmm. have a branch here dead and a branch on the other side dead. And, but if they get into the main trunk, maybe half the tree starts right. to die or or the whole darn tree. What's the tell? I eating. mean, what's the tell if you're looking at the tree? I mean, can you see can you see the bugs crawling around or what do you see? Oh, yeah. No, definitely won't see them. They'll be in the tree. So you might, if you get really close and look, you'll see a hole. But if you see the hole, that's where they exited. Right. So that's the adult exiting to go breed generally right yeah. <laughs> right but you you see your ash tree is dying and you go over and you're seeing sawdust yes or you're seeing holes or you're seeing entire branches die we're we're, we're boars uh, yes. we're boars and and th- those are the ones where it's not helpful for you to get a chainsaw out and cut the entire branch off that's already dead uh, those is photographs yep right photographs are great what other kinds one. of trees uh, that are common around here get boars most of your fast-growing trees, okay. so willows, birch, um, yeah, and the ash. I'd say all mm-hmm. all of your really fast-growing. There trees. are some fruit trees, some some. Yeah, yeah, peach, nectarine, mm-hmm. apricots, apricots. And, yeah. Yep. Okay, and then these are all. They're not all the same bore, but but right. they're susceptible. So there are certain trees that don't have bugs, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and there and 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 we try to steer people that direction, right? You, 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 there are trees that are difficult, and there are some that that aren't so difficult. And I think it's one of those things when people think about the the right tree, the tree that's going to grow healthy and happy for a long time and not require a constant bath of pesticides is that that one it becomes my favorite one, right? All right, yeah. Right. So so really quick, what about diseases in trees what do we see what's the symptoms and again it can vary like a um, peach leaf curl is probably our most common one and it'll look almost warty and mm-hmm. corkscrewed a little bit right it'll be bright red orange and yellow all in the leaf it could be kind of pretty but <laughs> yeah devastating to the tree but it's gnarly huh? it's, it is gnarly it, it's it looks really bizarre mm-hmm. yeah so thank you so much for listening uh, to our pre-recorded show. We'll have to have Chris on and talk more about disease in the future. We want to thank you so much for participating, and we'll talk to you next week on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and it's officially planting time in the Treasure Valley. And the best place to go to get your veggies, annual flowers, perennials, and more is your nearest Samzo's. And right now, all 13 stores are stocked to the rafters with annual flowers that will add instant color and beauty to your yard and patio. Choose from petunias, impatiens, begonias, verbena, and many, many more. In veggies, Zamzos has a huge selection of tomatoes, plus peppers, cucumbers, zucchini, cauliflower, broccoli, squash, and more. And when it comes to trees, our Chinden location is Idaho's largest indoor greenhouse with a massive selection of trees, shrubs, ornamentals, and more. And now's the perfect time to pot up any new plants or repot any existing plants during Zamzo's buy one get one free sale on all outdoor pottery. What's more, Zamzo's select bag potting soil is also on sale when you buy three bags of the same soil at the same time. So come see us and pick up your plants, pots, and potting soil now at your neighborhood Zamzo's.